Okay, let's try this again. I am going live today with the wonderful Lissa of Raw Food Romance. She is an incredible, awesome friend of mine, and I enjoy her content so much. She makes all of her food with love, and I cannot wait to share and optimize your yoga practice through raw foods. Yay! Okay. <laughs> Technology sometimes though, right? Oh, oh my it's gosh. been all morning. I've been creating zaps. I've been connecting mm -hmm. to conversion ads. I've been doing on Planoly, like all kinds of stuff. So yeah, technology. <laughs> oh man, it's intense. It's intense. But thank you for having me. I'm so glad that we could chat about raw food, yoga, and all those good things. Yay. Thank you for coming on. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, and I can't wait to move to Vegas. <laughs> you really pumped Vegas for me. It's you just unsettling. Vegas is incredible. And I think that you're going to do really great there. So I lived in Vegas for 20 years. And um, one of the coolest things about living in Las Vegas is that everybody's in a good mood all the time for the most part. I mean, obviously we actually have a little bit more struggle than the regular place, but um, the tourists come there to be in a really good mood and to be happy. And so I noticed that you wrote that on one of your posts about your reasons why you were moving to Vegas. And I was like, she got it. She got to, <laughs> she got to crush the Vegas. Heck yeah, it's so nice because it is true. It's like it's got that vacation vibe to it. Um, we're excited. I'm actually, it's cool that we're chatting about this today about raw food and yoga because we're gonna have access to a pool outside. So, because we're you inspired us actually, you inspired us to do 75 hard because you were doing it a while ago, right? I bought, like, <laughs> I bought the boat. I bought the boat. I live on a sailboat now. And um, I bought this boat, and it is like 365 hard living on a boat. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I know, right? So, yeah. I, oh, you... Somebody in the comments is like, why did you leave Vegas? Listen, girl, mm -hmm. I don't know because here in Kima, Texas, everything closes at 7 30. And I'm like, it's. 3 a.m. We're hungry. So, <laughs> um, but uh, I left Vegas because I live on a boat now. So that's why I left Vegas. But anyhow, go, uh, go ahead. So you were inspired to do 75 hard. Yes. So and uh, one of the workouts that you have to, do, have to do is outside. And I was thinking because I used to do a lot of hot yoga, Bikram. So I did a lot of that and I really enjoyed doing the hot yoga. So now we can just go to the pool and do the hot yoga while we're there because it's going to be basically like a hot yoga room <laughs> for the most part. And we're, we're going to really enjoy uh, spending our workout outside doing that and keeping up our hydration, uh, enjoying all the vibes. It's just, it's going to be such a cool experience to live there, especially for Nate who grew up in a small town, of like 2000 people. Oh, so. yeah. And you're living in the thick of it, too. You're, like, in a high-rise, like, right in the middle of everything. I'm not going to say which one that you're in because I want you to keep confidentiality, but mm -hmm. um, you are in the thick of the Vegas. So yes. I just um, bring shade or go really early in the morning because <laughs> it never gets below 100 at certain points in the summer, mm -hmm. even at night when the sun goes down. Wow. That's yeah, gonna be good. It's so hot, my friend. It's so oh. hot. 20 years in Vegas. And uh, you'll have to go to my yoga studio that I used to own there, Sin City Yoga, which is right on Main Street downtown near the stratosphere. It's like just a few blocks from the stratosphere. Nice. And um, when it's not when it's not summer and sweltering, you could walk there from where mm. you are. It's a, it's a bit of a hike, but I used to do it. So um, I lived in Jewel, and I would walk there to the studio. But um, And I know that Marissa walks from Soho. So 
Nice. But it's a really cool studio and the owners are really nice. The new owners and um, yeah, you'll, you'll love it. It's, it's, uh, and then if you go in there and be like, I'm Angelica's friend, like <laughs> half the people that work there worked for me. So they'll all be like, Oh, cool. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check that out for sure. I know Marissa was telling me about it and I'm like, I get to go into the yoga studio that you made a million dollars with teaching yoga. <laughs> I know, and then I bought a boat. And, and then you now, bought a boat. <laughs> now I have to make a million more to pay for this boat. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because um, I, I told you about this, and I'm going to share with everybody else that I had hired a Facebook marketing expert to help me with my online offerings and my online yoga teacher training. And he was basically like, I want you to lie. Like he was like, I want you to say that it took you three months to make a million dollars. And I was like, but that's not true. It took me eight years of busting my ass at that yoga studio to get to a million dollars. And he was like, well, nobody's going to buy that. That's not living the dream. And I'm like, but that's reality. <laughs> and you know, eight years, 10 years ago, it was, it's been 10 years ago that I started the yoga studio. There was no Instagram I mean, there was, but it was like in the very beginning stages, there wasn't really Facebook. There wasn't really, um, you know, YouTube was really just beginning. And there were just a couple of people teaching yoga on YouTube and stuff. And, you know, we didn't have the same access to stuff. So I do think that, yeah, you know, you could come up with a million dollar idea and make that in three months now because there's Facebook advertising, there's YouTube advertising, there's lead pages, like, there's so much of that that you could do now, but I just felt really uncomfortable lying to people and saying like, yeah, I made a million dollars in three months. Cause I didn't like, no matter how you make a million dollars, it's going to be a lot of work. And that money doesn't stick around. Like you spend <laughs> it and then it's gone and you have mm -hmm. costs and stuff associated. Like 50% of what I made went straight back to cost paying payroll paying for rent, paying for electricity, you know, like, it's not like when you make a million dollars, you realize that it's actually not very much money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's so true. It's so true. And I love what you say about the hard work, because it goes with anything in life, like changing your diet over raw foods, or even just becoming vegan or starting a workout program or building a business or even learning yoga. It all takes work. And I, Nate and I have been listening to this audiobook called The Little Black Book of Workout Motivation yeah. by Michael Matthews. We've listened to that book like at least eight times now, like on our road trips, going to visit different places. And every time we listen to it, it's just so profound how he talks about the work. And I feel like I've listened to tons of different motivational self-help or like boost you up and do your business and all that kind of stuff. And they all talk about like getting there or the idea or planning or whatever, but very rarely do they talk about the work. And in this book, he talks about the work. He's like, okay, so you have your plan, you've got your goals, you got your dream, you got everything going. So now do the work, do the work, do the work do that the you work. need to do to get there because it's not just going to come out of nowhere. You're not just all of a sudden going to be a raw vegan and know how to do everything. You're not going to have like this big, great, awesome yoga business without putting in the work. And the way that he says it in that book, I get really inspired to do work, like to put my creativity into my business and share with people and write awesome posts and make reels and just like help others. Right. Yeah. Cause the only way that we are successful is by service to others. And if we can serve others and help them, then we're going to shine. The universe just repays you when you, you give of yourself. So yeah, that's awesome. In the yoga community, we call that seva. Mm. Um, that's what it, it's, that's the Sanskrit word for service. And okay. the, it's really interesting because the yoga sutras say that we have to take care of ourselves before we can serve others. And it's really important that we do make money, that we do have abundance, that we do do the things that allow us to operate within this society. 
but at the core of everything has to be service. And, you know, I just, I thought about what this Facebook advertising guru said to me. And I was like, you know, the reality is I don't want to work. He's like, you're going to, you just got to sell, sell, sell. And you'll, you're just going to, the bottom 10% of society is going to buy this. And I'm like, I don't want to work with the bottom 10% of society. Like, I believe that I can run an honest business that allows people to grow and expand and that I can attract clients who really want to change the world. Because before I went online, that was the people that I was attracting. Uh, my friends have created so many, so many wonderful things that, um, like my, a friend of mine just created Reiki Uprising, uh, Trauma Recovery Yoga Organization, um, and um, there's been like yoga studios opened all over the world that from people that came to my studio. And so I believe that um, I can continue to work with the same types of people online, that the same types of people are going to resonate and be attracted to what I have to offer. So when I say, you know, that I help people become certified yoga teachers and get hired in as little as 30 days, that has happened to thousands of people that I have worked with. Like that is a real thing. When I say I made a million dollars teaching yoga, that did take me eight years to do that. So like, I'm not going to lie to anybody or be untrue because I think that I have to send out the vibration of truth and energy and positivity so that people realize that this is work, you know, and, and he's like, don't use the word work in anything because um, if you use the word work, no one's going to be attracted to your lead page. And mm -hmm. I'm like, but it is work, friend. Like it is anything that you want is work. Like, I'm mm -hmm. sorry. Like it's work to create content. It's work to create reels and get good at it. It's work to come on live. Like you and I, we could be sitting at the beach right now or sailing my boat, you know, <laughs> but we're working here giving people our seva, our service. So thanks. Thank you again for coming on. And I don't want to like hog all the conversation because I really want to talk about raw food and mm -hmm. how raw food can optimize the yoga practice because it really can. And the first step, something that people don't know about yoga, and this is an inconvenient truth. I know that our society really doesn't like this. We like to take yoga and we like to make it what we want it to be. But a long time ago, there was a book written by a man named Patanjali, and it was actually written by his students. He verbalized all of it. And in that book, he lays out eight steps that are the practice of yoga. And in the eight steps of the practice of yoga, only the third one is postures. The very first step of yoga is actually called ahimsa. And ahimsa means nonviolence. And it means all kinds of nonviolence. So it means not killing anything to be our food, not ingesting the fear, pain, and suffering of animals, not ingesting negativity or low vibrations into our bodies. When we make our food, making food with love and positive energy and good thoughts and integrating that into the food that we eat, the words that we say, the way that we live, the routines that we have, and the energy that we vibrate. And so when we do things like smoke marijuana, that is a direct trauma to the heart chakra and it's not in alignment with ahimsa. When we do things like get drunk and have hangovers, this is a trauma to the Ashna chakra, which is not in alignment to self nonviolence. When we eat foods from animals that have been under pain and suffering and their hormones of fear have been spread into their bodies, this is not in alignment with ahimsa. So the first step of yoga is ahimsa. It's not even doing fancy poses. So I want you to talk, I, I brought you here today to talk about how we can practice ahimsa by eating a raw food diet. Oh, I love that so much. And I, I love that you are bringing like the traditional, like the roots of it, right? Because Western society has totally changed a lot of what yoga is and what people think yoga is. But yeah, and I, I mean, I became vegan because of animals. Like there was lots of reasons, but the animals are number one. That's why I'm vegan. That's why 
I don't eat animal products. I don't use animal products in my skincare. I don't buy leather or fur or anything. I don't even use honey. So I'm like, I, I do my best. And obviously we can't be 100% perfect. Like we're all aware of that. But it's about doing the least amount of harm that you possibly can with the choices that you have, right? So if you're in the position to choose between like, a salad, a chicken salad with cheese on it and a vegan salad with vegan cheese on it, you wouldn't choose the chicken salad because you have the choice, you have the option. So you're going to want to choose the compassionate, nonviolent approach to your life and all of that kind of stuff. So I feel like also going raw, I mean, Obviously, like, I'm not here to say everybody needs to be 100% raw. And if you're not raw, you're not perfect. That's totally not my message. My message is to try and get people to eat more raw foods. We know that we all know that we should be eating more fruits and vegetables. It's like, we're almost born with that knowledge, right? Because <laughs> we know that it's healthy. We know we should be eating more of it. And so I'm here to inspire people to add more raw food. Whether they go all raw or not is totally up to them. But adding more raw foods to your diet is, for me, number one, is insanely hydrating. Like, I still drink water. Like, I've got my one-gallon jug of water here that I need to get drinking. <laughs> Um, but I have water on top of my raw food because we are mostly water. Water is the catalyst to life. And on the same like vibrational thing, like having water um, in that beautiful state of vibration, like speaking loving words to it or having like, um, like the Dr. Emoto water sayings like on your water to create that vibration um, is something that people could do too. But the water vibration is incredible and the hydration and I just feel lighter. Like I feel like being a raw foodie, I used to do yoga when I was eating cooked food as well. Um, but when I became raw after about five years, I started doing the hot yoga and I noticed an incredible improvement in recovery time compared to before the hydration again is key, especially if you're doing hot yoga in Vegas, <laughs> you need the extra hydration, um, the antioxidants, like, and also you're, you're practicing compassion to yourself, not only towards other animals or in life in general or to other people, but to yourself, like you said, right? We have to care for ourselves before we can be of service to others. So we need to treat our bodies with the top highest levels of respect so that we can in turn give others more of ourselves than if we are running on empty or like we're eating a lot of junk food or feeling like, right? We can't give as much to someone else because we're just, we're not giving to ourselves. And it's not selfish to give to ourselves because if we give to ourselves, we can give to others. So yeah, that's how I feel raw food is such a, a very important part of the self-care and ahimsa, like nonviolence towards yourself, because we need that. We are so special. You are so special. Everyone watching is so special. Like I always say like, okay, so the most expensive vehicle in the world is La Boiture, the Bugatti. It's like $18 million or something for that car. If you were gifted that car, you would follow all of the maintenance stuff. You would put the best gasoline in it. You would wash it. Like you would take such good care of that vehicle. Yet we've all been gifted the most priceless vehicle ever, our bodies. And yet we don't treat them the way we would an $18 million car. So in my mind, it's like, this is the priceless vehicle. It's, and it was given to us for free. It's almost like we don't value things that are free, right? We have to pay for them, but we never paid for our bodies. We just, we're here and we get to experience and enjoy them. So I feel like for the highest level of respect is to eat vegan foods, obviously, and to include lots of raw foods and get rid of the processed junk and just really focus on healing and, and all that good stuff. So... <laughs> Long story short, yes, raw is amazing for yoga. <laughs>
Yeah, it just, the, everything in the world, as I was listening to, I was thinking about how it's just so unlikely that each one of us watching this right now, the two of us sitting here, how it's so unlikely that we would have been born. Mm -hmm. Like the right egg and the right sperm from the right people at the right exact moment of time in the universe had to match up and create us. Like the chances are like one in billions, you know? Like it, it's just, it, it's like it doesn't even make sense. And we, we don't appreciate that. I think that the idea is so vast and huge that our brains just can't comprehend it. And so when we, we don't take care of our bodies, we're vibrating really low. And as we know, vibration is the highest form of communication in, in the world. And that's why meditation works so well. And that's why one of the upper steps of the eight limbs of yoga is meditation because meditation is higher than physical movement. So when we're taking care of ourselves and really connecting with our brain, which we can't do if we haven't done the lower steps, if the very first thing we got to do is non-harming to ourselves, right? So then we, then we can get to these higher levels of vibration and start to comprehend and understand just how precious each of our lives are. That's such mm -hmm. a great point. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, it's so incredible how we lose perspective of that in everyday life. We're you know, making our food, we're going to, running our errands, and we're trying to figure things out. And there's so much noise. And it's like we forget to go within. And whether that be prayer or meditation or whatever it is for whoever, right, that silence, that inner silence and reflection is like, it's so critically necessary and we don't put a lot of value on it in modern day because life is just so busy and we want to meditate and a lot of people have good intentions to meditate they want to but it really i mean even if they could spend five minutes just reflecting inward and maybe doing some stretches or whatever to get into a couple poses just to start and get used to that movement and that space within because I know a lot of us aren't that connected with our own selves so and a lot of us don't like our own selves right and like you were saying about uh, vibrations the lowest vibrations one of the lowest is shame shame and like guilt and regret those are all like way down there at the bottom and we are like gaslit as a society to fear um, whole foods or to fear even veganism or think it's uh, weak or whatever, like the societal beliefs, right? They gaslight you into feeling guilt, shame, regret, all that kind of stuff. And it causes that lower vibration. We just have to get out of that and get into our heart and our meditation practice. I was going to ask you, so some tips that I would give to people who wanted to, I, I meditate for an hour and a half every day. Mm. I meditate for 45 minutes when I very first wake up and I meditate for 45 minutes just as I'm falling to sleep, right? And as we know, ultimate manifestation time is right at the end of the day and right at the beginning of the day. So that can be integrated into our subconscious while we sleep and then reiterated first thing in the morning. So if you are trying to make a meditation practice, when you first wake up, instead of grabbing the phone and looking at Instagram, which I would love if you would look at my Instagram and like all my photos, but if instead you first woke up and you spent just five or 10 minutes meditating, there's a billion meditations on YouTube. On Mondays, I run a free meditation at 8 a.m. Pacific time on my um, Facebook group. You can join that by going to the link in my bio. It's the Yogi's Inner Circle. It's for aspiring yoga teachers and for yoga teachers. And um, I start the week out with everybody in a collective meditation. And I know that you and I are in a group together, the Course Creator Academy. And we have a meditation that we do together on Saturdays. And it's really incredible, inspiring, and helpful to do that and find other people to meditate because your vibrations sync up. But my, my tip to people would be if you're trying to get started with a meditation practice, just Google some stuff on YouTube get out there and do five or 10 minutes when you very first wake up and five or 10 minutes right before you go to bed. And then it will become so wonderful and juicy and fantastic that you'll continue to do it. 
So I would love to ask you, oh, thank you so much, Spirit Doctor. <laughs> I, um, I would love to ask you, Lissa, what are some things that people who are beginning a raw food diet or would like to maybe tap into the raw food diet a little bit, who are doing yoga and they're feeling a tad bit intimidated by the yoga, the, the, the raw food diet and, and the idea of perfectionism, right? So what are some things that they can do to start a raw food diet? What are some oh, that's a, that's a really good question. I'm going to answer it also with this. I am Chris Paul. She's asking, is there a right or wrong way to eat raw? Any tips on what to do and what not to do, which will like envelop into this answer is that we have to break free of the label of raw. So when I first started raw, I would identify with being a raw foodie. Like I was a raw foodie and I ate raw food or, or I am raw. That's kind of what I was in that mindset. And in the very, very beginning, I was told by all these different people online, it's like, you have to be 100%, you have to be perfect, you can't eat this, you can't eat that, blah, blah, blah. And honestly, it felt very um, restrictive, just them telling me that stuff. So I had to leave the label and I had to simply say, I am Lissa, like I'm not a raw vegan, I am Lissa and I happen to eat raw food. That's just what I eat. So I use the label to describe the foods that I eat, mm. but I don't live in the label. So I can eat whatever I want. I can eat cooked food. I could eat pizza or chips or Doritos, or I could drink coffee. I could do anything I want. But when it boils down to it, it's like, what do you really want? What is it that you really want? If you want raw food, and you want to feel hydrated, if you want to feel empowered and healthy and happy and vibrating higher, then choose the raw food. But don't choose the raw food because you feel guilty, regretful, shamed into it, or you're scared of getting sick if you eat cooked foods, you avoid it. Like if you're choosing raw out of that place of fear, it's not going to be as beneficial as choosing raw because you genuinely want to eat raw food. So that's what I would say first up. There are a lot of different ways to do raw. I would say start slow, start with breakfast, do a raw breakfast, and then just go about the rest of your day. Then I would focus on lowering your fat percentage because as you increase your fruit, if you don't lower your fat, then you might come into some insulin resistance where you'll feel like blood sugar crashes, you might feel like headachey, and like all of those blood sugar issues, mm -hmm. cravings, that kind of thing. So want to lower the fat percentage down. So get oils out of your diet. They're a processed food. Just get rid of that and everything. Um, and lower the fat amount that you're eating and just have a little bit of nuts and seeds with your dinner salad or have a little bit of hummus if you're still going to have some cooked food in there with your salad. Or even if you just steamed a sweet potato and had it in a raw salad, like at least you're adding more raw foods. So you start with breakfast lower the fat percentage way down and then work on lunch. Maybe you do raw lunch every once in a while and then you're going to, you're going to learn to enjoy mm -hmm. it. So you'll have more raw lunches here and there. Maybe you might have some raw dinners here and there. Maybe you might become raw for breakfast and lunch and then half of dinner. Like you have a half, a, like a big raw salad with some quinoa in it or whatever, but then you can slowly gradually move your way up mm -hmm. to a fully raw diet. I went raw overnight um, but I had a past of experimenting with raw. So I already kind of knew what was going on. I always did a, I would say wrong, but I was eating way too high fat and I was limiting my calories way too low. So I was always hungry. I was craving a lot of stuff. I was getting lots of sugar imbalances and I would only be raw for like a couple days or a couple weeks. And then I would just go back to eating whatever. So really it's the focus is on balance Lots of variety, lots of fruit, lots of greens, lots of veggies, sprouts, herbs, all of that is good. Doesn't mean like there's some people who say we should only eat fruit, but then you're limiting all of the other fibers that your good bacteria need to thrive. You're limiting other nutrition. You're limiting the minerals that greens provide. You're limiting the protein and all of that stuff, right? So we don't want to put all of our... Um, 
focus into one of the raw food groups, right? Not just fruit, not just greens, not just fat. We want to have a balance of everything and to not live in that state of perfection because none of us are perfect. None of us are ever going to be perfect. And if a, you know, a, a tablespoon of coconut aminos in your salad dressing is going to keep you eating a massive salad every night, then do it. If you have to put half a cup of quinoa in a massive raw salad, do it. If it's, if it's the choice between quinoa in a salad and a pizza pocket with animal products, I'd much prefer to see someone eat some quinoa. It's not the end of the world. I've seen thousands and thousands of people heal not going fully raw. They heal just because they're getting rid of the junk food. They're getting rid of the animal products. They're getting rid of the stimulants. They're moving their body. They're going out in nature. They're meditating. They're hydrating. And they're eating living foods for the most part. But if they want to go all raw, then that's totally cool too. So yeah, I would just say start slow. Work with your own gut microbiome because every single person on the planet has a different microbiome. So it's not the food that's irritating. It's the weak gut that can't deal with certain stuff. So just go slow. Like if broccoli bothers you, eat just like one little floret a day. Just work with what your gut can do and increase slowly. Like at the gym, you don't go to the gym and all of a sudden start lifting 50 pounds, right? You go and you start lifting five pounds and then the next week you do 10 pounds and then you're doing 15 pounds. You're just gradually training your muscles to be stronger, just like you would train your gut to digest more fibers so yeah that's a long answer <laughs> but yeah <laughs> that's an incredible analogy that i never really thought about because i know both you and i are big fans of the book fiber fueled mm -hmm. yeah and that he talks about in there that if if raw foods if plant foods hurt your stomach it's because your microbiome is not ready to, to eat that because it's been damaged so greatly. And mm -hmm. someone asked on here, is the raw food diet expensive? Mm -hmm. And I want to touch on that because I think that there, that ha that is being told to us by Kraft and Blackburn and Kellogg and their processed craft is very expensive, mm -hmm. but raw living food, bought in season, bought in bulk, bought on discount is, is less expensive. And, and also when, when we think about it, like how much do you have sitting around your house? I know one of the things in your book, in, in your books, you talk about food planning and going out and buying for just three days at a time, just three days at a time, eat everything you have, and then go out and buy three more days at a time. Mm -hmm. And then you're not wasting any food because if we think about how much food we waste, that's mm -hmm. expensive. And the most amount of waste in our society and food is not happening at restaurants, it's happening in homes. Mm -hmm. So I would love if you could talk about some ways that people can eat a raw food diet and the, the expense part, because I know that there's ways you can make raw food super expensive. You want to go fully raw Christina and be like, raw food, here we go. Here's a thousand dollars. But you have found a way to make raw food living incredibly affordable. And I see you traveling all over with and taking your raw with you. So I would love for you to share with everybody how you've made some of these proven methods to create an affordable law, raw lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is such an important topic because there are a lot of raw uh, of vegan foods that are inexpensive, like potatoes, rice, beans, oats, whatever, right? They are inexpensive, but there's also a lot of inexpensive raw foods as well. So we don't have to rely on the inexpensive cooked foods if you don't want to. I mean, if, if you need to eat those cooked foods, then that's totally fine. Again, I'm not here to judge anyone or tell them that they're doing it wrong or what have you. But for us... And this might be a controversial subject for some people, but we don't eat all organic. We think organic food is great. It's awesome, but it's also hella expensive. Like I bought this one little tiny little carton of cherry tomatoes for $7. It was super tiny, this little tiny thing. 
And after I bought it, I was like, why did I do that? <laughs> I want to support, support the local farmer and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, it's so expensive to eat certain organic foods. So for the most part, we try to stick with the dirty dozen, not all the time, but like a couple things that we always seek organic is corn um, and berries for the most part. Those are like the two main things that we look for organic. They are more expensive, but most of the rest of the stuff we don't buy organic. Now, the thing is most farmers, like smaller farmers don't have the money to buy the certification of organic. It's like hundreds of thousands of dollars and they have to um, buy that label for their farm and their packaging facility. And it both costs the same, or like they have to pay for it twice. So it's very, very expensive to get certified organic. And a lot of farmers have to increase their prices in order to pay for the organic label just to get the label. Whereas I know that even in my local stores, there's a lot of farms that don't have the organic label, but spray very little, if not none. And a lot of organic stuff is still sprayed anyways, just with less toxic stuff or whatever. So like you can't get away from it. Even organic cherries are sprayed at the end of season because if they didn't, they would have like, all the cherries would be ruined because there's a worm that comes in right before they pick it. So a lot of organic cherries are still sprayed. So you're paying. I didn't for, know that. Yeah, I know. It's really, I learned that when I was in Canada. So it's very interesting with the organic thing. I try to stick to local where I can, not necessarily organic because most of these little farms can't afford it, but they still grow their food in a more natural way. Right. Um, aside from that, um, we shop at like a lot of, uh, restaurant wholesale places. Like we have this one place that we go to here. We're going to have to find a place in Vegas. <laughs> there is a wholesaler that I know John Kohler goes to in LA. Uh, he drives like three hours to get those, um, a, a once a month or whatever. He'll buy like cases of fruit and all other stuff, but we do restaurant wholesales. So we get like, um, a six pack of romaine for $3 three bucks, a six pack of romaine, or it's a $4 at Costco. And we'll go through one of those every day or two, depending how many heads of romaine we eat and how small they are. If they're pretty small, we'll do two for a meal. So we'll go through four <laughs> between Nate and I, but it's $3, right? And you get a lot of greens, um, bags of cabbage that's already shredded, like a huge bag of cabbage, probably like two heads of cabbage worth for $4. We can get that there. We can get like a whole pack of green onions, which is like maybe like 20 bunches for $4. It really depends on the time of year because some stuff gets more expensive. And if things are expensive, like if cucumbers are crazy expensive for some reason, we just don't use cucumbers for a couple weeks or months until they're uh, back in the seasonal pricing. And we just, we look for deals. We uh, also do a lot of sprouting where you can buy even bulk lentils and sprout them it's super cheap and then you're eating a raw living food you can sprout it yourself in your house and it's easy i consider sprouts to be the ultimate um, survival food because you can have them stored and when maybe you need an extra boost or the power's out and your food goes bad in your fridge like you can make sprouts and you can eat the sprouts if you need to so there's that there's I mean, like you said, buy fruit on sale. You can get fruit at the ugly rack. There are stores that have kind of like the ugly rack where the fruit's bruised or it's overripe. That's almost like the best stuff, right? <laughs> so you're getting like um, boxes of bananas for $5. Uh, Nate just calls the store and he says, hey, you guys got any cases of overripe bananas? And they're like, oh yeah, we've got a couple cases. They're $5. And we'll just like, we'll buy two cases. It's like what is that 80 pounds of bananas for 10 bucks and then we just freeze it and we use it for nice cream and another tip is too to buy berries in the summertime and then freeze them because freezing is still considered raw you're not cooking it um, you're just expanding the fiber wall so you're not breaking it with the cooking so I mean and these are all like little tiny things that doesn't even really matter so just get the berries in the summertime and freeze them so you have berries for your smoothie bowls in the winter. So those are some tips too um, that can really help. 
<laughs> I also heard that when you buy food that's frozen, it was frozen at its peak ripeness. Whereas <laughs> food that we buy that is fresh has actually been picked before its peak ripeness and ripens on the way there or at the grocery store. So um, when you buy it, if it's frozen, then then you're getting like the peak ripeness. And I wanted to tell you that, um, well, first of all, fir first thing is that I was like 100% organic. Like I only eat organic. I only do organ I'm organic. I support organic all the way. And Nate actually was the one that convinced me that sometimes it's okay to go conventional because, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, we have to, I had put this label on myself of expectation from other people's expectations of what I should be doing, not what was really working for me. You know, if the dragon fruit is not organic, but I still really love dragon fruit and sometimes they have it, I'm now I'm just going to buy it. And then I'm going to enjoy it and like it. And no one else has to go to bed with me at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I yeah, wanted to Yeah, I was going to say too, really quick. Um, obviously, organic is the way to go. But it's not always possible. Like you said, like, if that's the only option, then and some people for some people, it's the only option. And I don't want people to feel um, less than because one person is doing 100% organic and the other person isn't, the person who isn't is suddenly going to feel lesser or like they're doing something wrong or shitty. And yeah, pesticides aren't good for the animals. They aren't good for the planet. They are good for all that kind of stuff. But if you can like put your dollars towards fresh produce, even if it's conventional or whatnot. I mean, again, like I said, a lot of farms don't spray, but they can't afford to be labeled 100% organic. So they don't spray, but they can't claim that. So it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a really tough subject to discuss because, I mean, we need to eat. And I'd rather see somebody eat conventional raw foods than to eat 100% organic junk food. Right. Because I remember when I worked at, uh, I worked at this natural health food store and there was a woman who was in there and she was just like, she was in and out of the hospital with all kinds of issues, dealing with all this stuff or whatever, like really like, like spending a lot of time in the hospital because she was eating like a lot of junk food, but she bought 100% organic. It was always all organic but there was very rarely any raw food in there. When, Cause I used to do the cashier, right? This was way, way, way back in the day, like 20 years ago. I remember her so vividly because she was just always like taking supplements and trying everything, but it was like the foundation of her diet. Even though it was all organic, she was eating the wrong organic stuff. So really it's like, I just, I just hope for people that if, organic resonates obviously it's the ideal way and obviously if the world was all organic that would be amazing but it's not like i i simply like there's a lot of things that i have in my diet that i haven't been able to find in the area that i'm in that is not just conventional like i want to have a wide variety of foods in my diet not just a select amount of things because it's organic, right? So there is like this like fluid balance of trying to find um, a mix between diversity and health and balance and organic and ahimsa and everything. Because yes, like someone had mentioned, Juliet, I believe, she said that it's um, like the pesticides are bad for the earth. And yes, we all understand that. But even growing organic crops like if you're not using pesticides, there's more little pests in there and just like running the tractor over the farm, you're killing animals too. So it's like, we can't get too into all the little details because then we're going to be feeling extra crappy about every choice that we make. And it's like, we can't, we have to just do the best that we can with what we have available and to not expect the entire world to be absolutely super perfect and pristine because it's just not gonna happen. So we have to do what we can do with what we have and to inspire 
as many people as we possibly can um, to do those choices if they are able to, too. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. You know, it's like I one time I decided that I was going to go plastic free. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever tried to do that. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, and the plastic free thing, too, is like I it's try impossible. my absolute <laughs> best to use like we have our reusable bags, we put our produce in the reusable bags, but it's like, I mean, I even had this one person say like, well, when I go shopping, I take all the veggies out of the plastic and I take them home without the plastic, but it's like the plastic still exists. Like it's still at the store that people still have to do deal with the plastic, right? So unfortunately, it's just like the organic thing. We can do everything we possibly can. And the more we do, that's that way that we can do, the more the world will change towards that, right? So, but it, again, if you can't afford organic, then eat as, as much organic as you personally can in your area with what's available to you. And there's so many people in food deserts who can't, right? Like they could maybe grow some of their own food, but if they don't have land, then they can't do that. So it's like, you can't expect everybody to be perfect um yeah i just, learned okay. that from rving around the country mm -hmm. is that when you live in a major metropolitan area or close to one or even a mid-sized town you have an incredible amount more of access to fresh foods than the majority of the people living in the united states mm -hmm. when we would be in wyoming and traveling around the only place you could get anything organic at all was walmart and the quality was pretty low anyway. And the regular grocery stores in town, I mean, forget about local. That's never even going to happen. So having the perspective of understanding how other people live helped me to lower my expectations on other people. But also having expectations of other people, making statements of absolute, uh, just stops us from having connection right so what we want is to to connect and invite so we want to invite more people to try eating a vegan or raw food diet i've been a vegetarian for since i was 11 years old so for 35 years i became vegan more recently and um because when i first started as a vegetarian like when i was 11 i grew up on a farm and the only thing that there was was tofu and when you would go out to a restaurant, you were like romaine lettuce and that's it. There was no, there's nothing, there's no beans or any of that. Like, it's so funny when people would say, well, you can just eat a salad. And I'd be like, that's not enough. It's just iceberg lettuce. And I love how your dressings are filled with calor like positive calories. And you're like, eat all the dressing. And I especially love it because I love dressing. And I can make like your Caesar dressing is one of my favorites to make. And um, oh, what's the other one I make all the time? I just, I love your dressings and I can just put mm -hmm. so much of them onto my salad and just saturate it in this fabulous, wonderful dressing. And that's where all of the, that's where all of the calories come from that help to sustain my life. So I feel full when I eat one of your salads. And I started with meal plan three and then I bought like every one of them now. I don't have the soups book because I'm holding back because I'm like Angelica, you have every single book. <laughs> but I, but I also want to. I want to get like the okay. So my favorite one is the sauces, mm -hmm. and I believe that like I should I should gift myself that as the act like an actual book because I have all your books on my iPad, right? Because we live in a boat, so I can't have. Like, I have, like, three books. That's it. This is all the books that I have. Mostly they're on sailing. You know, like, everything else is on the iPad. But I feel like the sauces book, I use it so much. Your spinach dip, I will never forget that reel that you made with the spinach dip, like, last fall. I love that stuff. Oh, my gosh, y'all. If you have not made listen <laughs> spinach dip, I want you to immediately go to her site in her Lincoln bio buy that sauces book and make that spinach dip because it will change your life. That spinach dip is so good. It is. Oh my gosh. That one is, oh yeah, by far 
one of our top faves. And it's also a really good one to take to parties. Like if you're going to like a potluck or dinner with your family and you want to bring something, bring the spinach dip with some fruits and veggies. Well, not fruits, but <laughs> fruits on a platter for appetizer and then veggies for the dip and then have those veggies and in that dip. So good. Yes. I need yeah. to reshare that reel in my stories yeah. today now. <laughs> do it. Do it. Uh, the tzatziki is really good. I love that one. That's, that spinach dip is legit, friend. It is. Lissa's spinach dip is insane. And um, I wasn't, I don't have a dehydrator, right? So I've had to make some modifications and I can't, I just can't have a dehydrator on the boat. Like we're running on solar power. It's just not a thing that I can have. So it's like you were talking about, like, what can you have? What can you not have? So I did put um, some spinach in the air fryer for a few minutes, like on a lower temperature to wilt it so I could put it in the spinach dip. So it's like, you know, like, that's, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But yeah. there's, a, there's a question that I think would be really helpful, which is, are there indispensable tools for starting mm -hmm. a raw lifestyle? And I know that there are, and they're not very expensive. So if you could share that, um, that would be awesome. Yeah. So I personally feel like you could do a raw diet with very little very little. You can get a cheap blender if you want, just like the veggie bullet that works. Um, we have the Vitamix because it just makes everything extra super creamy and awesome. Like it's just kind of like that next level blender, but you can make it with any blender really. Um, but all you need is a really good knife, a knife sharpener, because you're going to be chopping a lot of fruits and veggies. Um, we like the flexible uh, cutting boards because you can take them traveling. They're really easy to wipe and rinse off. So we use those and big bowls and forks and spoons. Pretty much that's all you need. If you want to get fancy, that's where you can buy the expensive blender. You can get a dehydrator. You could even get like a spiralizer to spice zucchini and carrots and stuff. But I mean, those are only like 20 bucks. So they're, they're really inexpensive. We also use um, a citrus reamer to juice our lemons because we put uh, citrus in our water in the mornings. So we have this little citrus reamer that we use. But aside from that, you don't need a lot of tools. You just have to find recipes that you love and learn how to chop in a timely manner. Uh, wash your veggies, right? <laughs> and do what you can and just increase more raw foods. The more, the better. And... Yeah, I feel like, again, it comes down to that perfectionism. People feel like they need to have all the tools before they can start. But really, it's just eat more raw food. Yeah. Just add yeah, more. I, really, I like how you say in your books to start the day with um, making your food for the day. Like mm -hmm. prep in the, in the morning for everything. And you, this is in your journal, in your food journal. Your food journal is life. It is awesome. Um, and that's where I learned about, you know, like prepping is huge and sit, the food journal is where it's at. Yeah. Prepping is huge and really important because when you prepare, you prepare to succeed, mm -hmm. fail to prepare and fail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get hungry in the middle mm -hmm. of the day. You're like, I'm starved. I've been working on the computer. I'm so, I'm so, I can't, I, I just gonna, I'm going to have this junk food right now because it's, it's like, it's a lot to like cut it all up and put it all in there. And also I like my dressings to be cooler. So mm -hmm. I want to prepare them ahead of time in the Vitamix. Then I put them into a container. They go in the refrigerator, mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. Yeah. Juliet's right. Uh, of the more expensive tools, the high speed blender, hands down. I agree completely. It makes everything more palatable because I, I went traveling and I took the little blender with me, which worked totally fine. And I'm not saying that it's, it doesn't work. Like again, do what you can with what you have, but the Vitamix makes things just like super creamy and really nicely blended. Uh, the sour cream that you use for the uh, spinach dip, if you soak the cashews for like four or five hours before, it makes it even extra super awesome creamy. So yeah, the Vitamix, I agree, Julia, definitely makes everything more palatable, more enjoyable, 
And it's not that raw food isn't enjoyable, but it's like, you know, these little things that you can add on. So if anyone's looking for it, if you're going to spend money on tool that will like just next level your prep is definitely the high speed blender. Um, and you can get a really sweet deal on those high speed blenders, mm -hmm. like either at Costco or on Amazon, because I used to buy, um, so when I would go to Costa Rica to teach, I, I used to teach in Costa Rica for like part of the year. And I would always bring my Vitamix with me to Costa Rica because they have so many incredible fruits and vegetables there. And I had like tons of smoothies, but uh, everyone who ever worked for me as my assistant, I would always buy them a oh, Vitamix okay. as a gift and because the Vitamix, everybody, it's the Cadillac of blenders, you know? <laughs> really so um, everyone who's ever been my assistant has received a Vitamix as a gift. And I buy them on Amazon for like 300 bucks. Or sometimes if you follow Vitamix's Instagram, their ads will start showing up for you. Mm -hmm. And they often have closeouts and you'll get an ad like, this weekend only close out on this model of Vitamix, blah, blah, blah. So follow Vitamix on Instagram and you'll start getting their sponsored posts and, and you'll hit up. A, and when it's right for you to get that, mm -hmm. when, yep. you're, when it's your right time to get the Vitamix and you're ready to, to give yourself that gift, it will just come <laughs> to you as a sponsored ad. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. When you're ready. Totally. And Juliet mentioned, yeah, refurbished ones are sometimes available too. actually the Vitamix that we use is a refurbished one and Nate bought it uh, refurbished and it's perfect. We've never had any problems with it at all. Unless he forgot to put the lid on and use the tamper and wrecked the tamper by accident. But <laughs> that's, that's a user error, right? <laughs> yeah, Are all the models good? I, I tried one of these. I have an 8300. Oh, you have an 80? Yeah, this one's the 5900. Uh, or yeah. no, the 6300. 6, I know there's so many different models. I don't and... even know. I got one at Costco. Like, I got the Costco one. But I yeah. got the same one on Amazon. Um, if you send me a DM, I will send you a link mm -hmm. to a good one on Amazon. How about that? Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, because so honestly, I'm... I've been asked a lot, like, which is the best model? But it's it really, it's any model that blends. Because they're all going to be amazing. I... The Vitamix that I have is the 5200. It's like over a decade old and it's awesome, right? I'm sure the new ones with all their jazzy buttons and like, oh, you can blend soup and everything. It's like, those are cool, but it's not necessary. If you just get like a used Vitamix, it's the motor that's the, the key thing. The motor and the blades, those are key. Everything else is just fun. <laughs> Oh, uh, we have another question here. Um, is it okay to prepare raw meals ahead of time, chop the veggies and eat it later? 100%. I know there's some people out there who might think if you chop the food, you're going to lose vitamins or whatever. And yes, there is oxidation that happens when you chop fruits and vegetables. This is, uh, it happens. It just happens. But if it gets you to prepare your food in advance, and if it gets you to eat that food in advance, then do it. If you can plan your day and you can prep everything ahead of time, if it's going to keep you eating healthy foods instead of falling back because you haven't eaten all day and all of a sudden all you want is like a pizza thrown in the oven or you want to go out for dinner and you end up eating this like stuff that you, it just doesn't feel right or whatever. If it's going to help you to eat healthily, then do it. Don't worry about the little, the, it, again, again, it boils down to those like little tiny indiscrepancies where it's like, well, maybe you might lose a couple milligrams of vitamin C, but you're eating so much more vitamin C than you ever would without preparing it. So it, it, you know, it balances it out. And if not, you're, you're getting way more nutrition by preparing your food in advance than not preparing it all and eating junk. <laughs> so yeah. Well, Lisa, I don't want to keep you on all day because I know that you are busy and you definitely stayed with us longer than I thought that you would. So I'm super grateful that you're Aww. here today. I really appreciate you. I cannot wait till we connect either in the Vegas or you come and sail on my boat here in Texas. Um, either way, let's get together soon. <laughs> and, um, I will see you um, maybe tonight, but uh, sometime this week again for sure and 
thank you again so much for coming mm -hmm. on to the call with me and um yeah, raw food and yoga, it's the way to go. You can get any of Lissa's books by going to rawfoodromance.com, correct? Uh, rawfoodromance.com is the app, the meal planning app. Oh, oh, I totally forgot about that. That's so, that's actually, if you're trying to go raw, that is life changing because this app that Lissa just came out with has um, you can pick your food that you want and then it gives you a, a meal, like a list to go to the grocery store, mm -hmm. which is super awesome. So you can go to rawfoodromance.com and sign up for her app, or <laughs> you can go to her Instagram link and in bio for everything there, raw food romance. She also has a YouTube channel that really helped me out a lot. I have binge watched on that many, many hours of my life. Um, if you are interested in becoming a yoga teacher, I um, have an incredible online program where I don't just teach you how to do yoga, but I help you to develop a blueprint business model so that you can get hired at, or create your own business right out of your certification. And that is lightwarrioryogacollege.com. I am, I am open for applications right now and actively interviewing people for the program. So jump on that ASAP. And I will see you all later. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Melissa. So much fun. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.